0: Praise God. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you for the testimonies that we've heard, the victory that we have in you, the power that is in your name, Jesus, to be free, to surrender our lives and know that we have a great Savior, a risen Savior, a King. And Lord, I pray that every person that has come in tonight and every person that's watching online, I pray, Lord God, that before this service ends, they would all be able to shout the name of Jesus and know that when we do call your name, you come and you save, you heal, and you set free. So, Lord God, even now as we open up the word, I just pray, God, that every heart would be open to receive. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would move in a mighty way here in your house. In your name I pray, amen. Praise God. The title of my message in just these few minutes is actually just a very short prayer. God changed my status. That's the title, God changed my status. I'm reading this really... Wonderful story out of the book of Matthew in chapter 20. And actually, Elder David O'Neill referenced this particular story that we find in Scripture, this uh, really interesting moment that Jesus has with two of his young disciples and their mama. And um, mama was quite the character, um, but so were the two disciples as well. But I'm going to get right to the text so that we can really unpack what I feel like the Lord wants to say to you and I tonight with this simple prayer and this focus on God, change my status. You know, uh, for a lot of people right now, uh, social media has been the very thing that has defined our status. You know, it's just many people here, I think probably we can safely assume, know a little bit about social media. And depending on what generation you're from will determine what part of social media you're active in, you know. So, you know, for for the boomers and the Gen Xers, uh, probably most of us have Facebook. And then when you start to go down in generations like the millennials, Generation Z, well, then we can start talking about Twitter and Snapchat. Uh, But some generations don't know nothing about that. But some of, oh, so I, got a, I got a wave from, from somebody's mother over there. She knows everything about Snapchat. Okay, that's beautiful. Okay. So she just proved me wrong. That's okay, I can accept that. But a lot of us, uh, you know, so social media oftentimes determines uh, our, our status even in life almost. And we, we, we almost, almost unconsciously are dependent on what's going on on social media and, and, and dependent on how people respond to our social media platforms. You know, for example, if, if, you, if you and I decide to post something, or maybe you decide to post something on Facebook, there is always this anticipation of who's going to read what you posted and how will, how will people react to what you post. And, and you and I can't help but get a little excited when people start to like what we post because it affirms us in some way, it affirms our status. In life. It's, it just naturally feels good when next thing you know, you look at your post on Facebook or your post on Instagram, and you've got about 50 likes. And you're like, wow, yeah. I knew what I said came from God. I mean, come on, we've all, we've all been there. I, I remember when I first set my Instagram page, and because I, I love pictures, I, lo- I love visual, and I, I just thought Instagram was just amazing. I, I remember the first time, like, posting something, and just, you know, and then you can set up your notification to kind of click or, uh, or, or get a notice every time somebody likes, and, and, uh, and I enjoyed watching these notifications coming in when someone would like my picture or a comment on my picture, and God forbid anybody comment negatively on anything that I posted, because my status means everything. Right. And, and, and we take pride in, in establishing our status in life and oftentimes social media becomes that platform where it's from there that we're able to feel affirmed or feel valued and, um, and we write based upon our mood and we, we write based upon how we feel about ourselves and we, we write based upon how we feel about others. And there, and I'm getting somewhere with this Hang with me, but a lot of this, this world that we've created with social media status is always for the most part dependent on being affirmed by other people. And the, the more affirmation we get from people, the more we feel affirmed. the more we feel validated. I know it's quiet, but I could tell you there are some people in here that you you spend about five minutes, maybe even more, just making sure that selfie is just right. All these nervous giggles. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all looking at me like, wait, does David check up on my Instagram page? (laughs) No, I hope not. But we, we, we... We'll we'll take that moment where we'll pull out our phone. We figure out which is our best side. what, What our eyes should look like. And we snap that picture. And we post that selfie on social media as our status. And then there's that moment, right, where we wait to see how many likes we got. Because dependent on the likes will determine how long you keep that selfie up. Right? And of course, then there's that caption that you got to write for that selfie. You can't just put a selfie up. It's, it's putting the selfie up and then taking that moment and you have, to, you have to come up with something deep depending on what position you had your selfie So there you are on Instagram in the selfie, and you you write, just such a good day. (laughs) Reflecting on just great things. I'm going somewhere in life. Are you? (laughs) And we wait. We wait for that one person to comment, You look so beautiful. We wait for that next comment. You're so amazing and so deep. We wait for a third comment. Oh my goodness, I needed this today. Little do they know, no, you really needed this today. And back and forth we go, trying to establish our status in life hoping that out of the affirmation that we receive from other people on our left and right in life will give us enough confidence to continue to go forward. Matthew chapter 20, there was a mother that wanted to see her sons in a position of status that would solidify their worth their well-being, their value. In Matthew chapter 20, verse 20 says, Then the mother of the sons of Zebedee came up to him. These two sons, their names were James and John. She comes up to Jesus with her sons, and kneeling before him, she asked for him something. And he said to her, What do you want? And she said to him, Say that these two sons of mine are to sit. One at your right hand and one at your left in your kingdom. Jesus answered, you do not know what you are asking. Are are you able to drink the cup that I am to drink? And so let let me give you this picture, uh, uh, this this moment. Mama comes with her two sons to Jesus. And, and, and we know based upon the rest of the context and the portion of this story that the other disciples were hanging around. So there's another 10 disciples and maybe a few other onlookers that were all around. And mama's bold enough to come up and brag about her two boys. I know there might be some mamas in here that are confident almost in that same way to brag about their boys. Rightfully so. It's what mamas do. But this mama took it a little further and said, I've got a great idea for you, Jesus. Because this is what we tend to do. We love to present to God great ideas for our well-being. And she actually bows down along with her boys. Mama bows, James bows, and John. They all bow before Jesus. And in this bowed position, she goes, I got something to ask. You see, a lot of people love to come to church and be in the presence of God, but not willing to surrender to the purpose of God. A lot of people will bow, but only for their own gain. If you're going to bow, you've got to be fully surrendered to the purpose of God. And she comes and she bows. But every bit of this position that she finds herself in is so that she can gain a high position for her sons. Hey, Jesus. So, you know, as we're bowed before you and your kingdom, I think the best idea for you is to put my sons on your left and right. James on the right, John on the left. How about that? I think that works you know I'm I'm the mama mama knows best I say that all the time to my kids when I don't have an answer for them go to your mama mommy knows best That, that that whole concept is starting to wear out in my house because now like all three of my kids look at me sideways like where's your authority dad like you can't handle me so I slowed down on that whole... And it's, that's just me running from those moments where I'm like, oh my goodness, I just don't even want to process the answer to this and, and take you to this event and that event, and you, but you got to buy this, but you have to register for that, but I got to fill out this application so you can be a part of that. Go to your mama, mama knows best. <laughs> but in this case, mama has no idea what she, she's asking for. And so... Jesus says, well, what do you want? And I I love Jesus because he knows exactly the motive of their heart. He always knows the motives of our heart. It's never a surprise to him when we come to him and ask for those things that only benefit us. Where, where, hey, God, I'm willing to come to you, but you know, it, it, if I come to you, it's gotta be a game plan that I've already, I've already worked out in my thinking. It's gotta be a game plan that, I, that I've already dreamed of. It's gotta be, it's gotta go with the flow of what I've wanted to do in New York City. Hey, God, I, I'll come to church. I, I'll surrender, but you gotta go with my plan. And Jesus says, what do you want? Because I I, I love Jesus and his grace and in his love for us. Because he could have called them out right there. He could have been like, you know what? Get up off of your knees, you're phony and fake. Get out of here. But I love that question of grace and mercy where he goes, what do you want? It's almost God in this moment in his omniscience, this all-knowing God going, I know what you want. In your pride, but what do you want for your soul? I I know what you want temporarily. I know what you want materially. I know what you want in this season of life. I I, I know what you want to feel good emotionally. But what you really want is me, and what you really want is peace for your soul. What do you really want? And he looks at them and says, "You you you do not know what you are asking." are you able to drink the cup that I'm to drink? in? And, and then they said to him, and all of a sudden James and John speaks up and they're like, we are able. We got this. And they responded quickly. Yes, we can drink the cup. But they didn't even understand what kind of cup he was talking about. You know, for them, they heard cup and they're thinking, this golden goblin, like, the, the, like this, this, this cup with, with, with rhinestones, diamond rhinestones on it. Like, yeah, this, this cup that represents royalty, this, this cup that represents, I'm going to sit at the king's table. They, 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 they thought that him asking, can you, can you drink from this cup? Thought maybe it's going to be a position where we, we'll be princes in the land and we'll be successful. We'll, 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 we'll do great things. Jesus was not talking about that kind of a cup. He was talking about the cup of suffering. He was talking about a cup that represents pain, sacrifice. He was talking about the cup that God in heaven coming down on earth willingly would drink of. The cup of suffering representing his his death on the cross. Representing The greatest act of love, representing his life laid down so that you and I could live. That's the cup he's talking about. Representing Jesus Christ being glorified through his suffering and being able to to recognize in this moment that through his suffering we receive his grace. That's the cup I'm talking about. You ain't ready for that, James and John. He says to them in verse 23, actually, you will drink my cup. But to sit at my right hand and at my left, it's not mine to grant. But it is for those for whom it has been prepared by my father. Meaning that Jesus is trying to explain to James and John, look, look, status and position is appointed by God. Your value is solidified by the hand and the power of God. And God has the final say for my life and for your life. If you want status, you have to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. If you want real status... Status that doesn't shift back and forth dependent on whether you've been affirmed by others. Real status comes out of a surrender and a humility unto a living God. He said, God, God makes, he makes that call where people will sit, what people will do, where you will go. I'm a living witness that God has the final say of what my life is going to do, where my life is going to go, and who I'm going to be. If you would have asked me at 22 years old, I was prepping to play for the World Cup. Still today, I watch the World Cup intensely. It's almost like I'm there on the field. I drive my family crazy. Even just the other day, I was group, I was, I was texting, group texting my brothers back and forth because there's this really young player for France named Mbappe. And he's 19 years old. And he's absolutely an incredible player. And he's left-footed. And he wears the number 10. And so my brothers text me, and they're like, bro, that reminds us of you, man. And I'm like, I'm texting them back like, yes, it sure does. You know, because I wore number 10. I'm a lefty. I played through college. I had every intent of being a professional player. And that was my prayer. And I'm telling you, I I, I still today, I love soccer. I was watching watching the World Cup the other day. I was intensely watching it. It was hard for my family to get my attention. Every time there was a goal score, I was ready to tweet about it or post something on Instagram. But I was like, maybe some of the congregants going to think I'm crazy or idolizing soccer. So let me pull back. Don't want my status to be messed up. But I had laid out my plans to God. I was like, look, I'm gonna do two things, God. I'm gonna be a professional soccer player and I'm gonna be an actor. And as soon as my agent lands me that audition with Denzel Washington, woo! They not ready. And he gonna play my daddy, I'm gonna play his son. And you know, the red carpet, everything. I laid it out to God. I'm like, God, I'm surrendered, but I got a game plan. But here's what needs to happen. If you're surrendered, then you need to be surrendered to a God plan. Because a God plan is better than man's game plan. We're always creating game plans. And and God's plan is that Jesus Christ might be glorified in your life. God's plan is that you might be a witness and a testimony of his grace and his love that got you through the mess that you've made. And so here is James and John. They're an absolute mess. Mama's a mess. You know what their problem is? Pride. And status is often determined still today by our pride. The hope to get forward, the, to get one up on somebody else. To be the one that's right and prove this other person wrong. For the world to know that I've got value. For people to know that I'm successful and great. For people to know that I'm a career man and I get my money. Success, career, education, all of those things are good. But they have to be aligned to God's plan. You have to be fully surrendered to Jesus Christ. And so, in verse 24, when the ten heard it, they were indignant at the two brothers. Meaning that they were angry. They were enraged. And Jesus called to him. He called them to him and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles, they lorded over them and their great ones, they exercised authority over them. It shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be your slave. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. See, James and John got up off their knees, walked over to the rest, and them brothers were about to brawl. Not because the other 10 were exposing them for their pride, but because the other 10 were just as prideful as they were. And all 12 of them thought that they had earned the right to be the one to sit on the left and right. All 12 of them thought that they were somebody salvation brings us to a place where we we recognize that we're actually nobody and you and I every single one of us in the house of God and watching online are desperately in need of a savior I can't figure this out by myself my status is empty without Jesus Christ I could write all the cool things I want on social media, but without Jesus Christ, it's just a bunch of words. It's just a bunch of fluff, and it will actually get me nowhere unless I truly surrender to Jesus Christ, and he fills my soul. And when Jesus fills your soul, that's when you become somebody. You get what I'm saying? And I love Jesus because he brings them all together, and he says, come here. Stop it. Actually, the greatest one is the one who chooses to serve. The one who is surrendered. The one who chooses to walk in humility. The one who represents my love for people. The one who recognizes me as Savior, as living God. Who went to a cross, died, and rose again and because of me you have resurrection life and you're made a new person because of me the one who is a slave is the one who is the greatest and he wasn't saying for the disciples to run out and find somebody to be their master and boss them around no what he was talking about is how far are you willing to go to walk a life of humility and surrender unto Jesus Christ that you might be a blessing to other people how far are you willing to recognize how far are you willing to go in this this place in life and and grab hold of salvation and know that I can't do this without Jesus. And then he concludes this moment and he goes, because if you just take a look at me, you'll understand what status is all about. If you just set your eyes on me, he says, here is Jesus himself he came down from heaven the creator of the world you've got to understand this we're talking the God of the universe comes down from his throne and puts on flesh and decides to serve man in such a way that you and I would be saved and set free forever If you want to talk about a status, try God. If you want to talk about a social media status, talk about Jesus, the Savior of the world. He comes down and he's beaten, rejected, nailed to a cross. God Himself came down to serve. Man, in all of our selfishness, our rebellion, he shows up with love. He goes to the cross and he says to them, I paid your ransom. The debt that you owed. Your sin debt. No one should pursue greatness outside of Jesus because there's no one greater than Jesus Christ, the one who died on the cross and paid my ransom. And that is the greatest boast given to man, that we would be able to say to those around us, my ransom has been paid. You want to talk about a status that'll get some people talking on social media? Just post that. My ransom has been paid. I know some of y'all would have family and friends talking like, bro, hey, what in the world are you talking about right now? And imagine the opportunity to engage people right there. No, I'm talking about Jesus who paid my ransom. I owed a major debt because of my failures and my flaws, because of my sin nature. And Jesus showed up and he paid my ransom. And that's my status. Saved and set free. God changed my status. Not a focus on me, but a focus on you who came down in all of your glory and you set me free when you went to the cross. That's my status. A recipient of God's grace. That's my status. A recipient of God's love. That's my status. I'm healed. I am made a new person. That's my status. My status is undeserving, but God gave it to me anyway. My status is, I shouldn't be here, but God showed up and made me a new person. My status is, man, I can't get it right all the time, but I trust in the power of the Holy Spirit to continue to lead me. That's my status. If you're going to brag about greatness, brag about Jesus. If you're going to post about what you want to achieve and do in life, talk about how Jesus is leading you every step of the way. But God, change my status. I know there are people in here, you've made your status about you. I'm talking about your spiritual status. You've attempted, you've attempted to do things the way you wanted to do it. make the decisions based upon how you feel it's time for a status change is there anybody here that's willing to be fully dependent on jesus christ to lead and to guide thank you for your honesty and i want to pray for you i want you to be bold enough In the same way you post things on social media, be bold tonight. And be like, today, there's going to be a status change tonight in my life. Let's pray. And your prayer tonight is, God, change my status. Change my status. We've all had that moment. For the, and Maybe some of you are not on social media, but I, I just feel led to use that as an illustration tonight. But there are some people like when you, when you kind of establish that first part of your status and you'll put like artist or creative or thinker or husband or wife or father or mom or some people I've even seen statuses go, nobody. Still trying to figure it out. You don't have to figure it out anymore. You are sons and daughters of the living God. God, change my status. Father, I thank you for the invitation that you've given us to know you as Lord and Savior of our lives. God, I know that there are people here that have struggled with identity, who they are in life, who they've been told they are by other people, but tonight I pray, oh God, that every person here would know that they are sons and daughters of the living God, and that through you, Jesus Christ, we are made new because of your finished work on the cross. Through you, Jesus, we have a new start. We have victory. And God, your word tells us that you heal the brokenhearted. Those that have been told and made to think that they are something less than what you have called them and created them to be. And so God, I thank you. Because tonight, all through your house, there is a change in status. Lord God, I thank you because tonight we are fully surrendered and we say yes to you. We surrender our game plan. We surrender our ideas. We surrender all of our efforts. And we say, God, have your way in my life. Be God in my life. Be my savior. Lead me. Lord, I I substitute my game plan for your God plan. And I know that your God plan is your best for me. So Lord God, I just ask that every person here surrendered would know that you have given us the power of your spirit to go out tonight with courage, without fear, with faith in you as our Savior. And I thank you, Lord, Pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, change my status. I believe tonight that I belong to you. I am yours and you are mine. And I am a new person. You died on the cross for all my sins. You defeated sin and death. You went to the grave and you rose again. On the third day. And tonight, I have resurrection life because of you, Jesus. Tonight, lead me, be with me, dwell inside of me, and I will trust you and I will put my faith in you. My status is completely changed. My identity. Is completely in you, Jesus Christ. In your name I pray, amen. Amen.